Hello and welcome to Metaphorically Speaking with me, Delia Delore, the podcast where we walk and run our way through popular mottos, mantras and metaphors, tracing their contents and history. Each week we have a special guest who resonates with their chosen expression. This week for me has been one of those where just goes by so quickly and you just don't know what you've done with your day it's been like that so I'd really love to slow down a little bit but I'm glad that you're here with me and that you started your week with us this week's episode will be focused on the term it's a marathon not a sprint maybe you've heard it before if not we will explain it to you in great detail and if you have we will try and give you a new perspective on it There are a few different ways to explain the meaning to you. It may take a while to elaborate on all of them, but bear a little patience as we explore. As this is one of the descriptions we can use to make sense of the saying, it's often said when talking about time, it's a marathon, not a race trying to not rush things like you would be guilty of in a race and then taking your time to enjoy them as life is long like a marathon and a sprint is short. You could argue, however, that life can pass us by quickly, just as a sprint is. I still don't think that anyone should be in a rush and forget to enjoy it or running too fast, too quick or you know what? You just burn yourself out. Yep, I said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Another common way it's a marathon, not a sprint, has been interpreted as a way of life is to take things slow and short-term failures won't matter to you. I wonder whether you think that this is a positive way to view this metaphor. Failure is something that can matter a great deal, not in the sense that you get hung up about it. Using failure as a learning curve is a way to succeed at it in the future. One way I looked at it when I actually sat down to think about this phrase was the build-up and the training preparations for marathons. I don't run marathons and I'm not a sprinter, but I can picture the journey leading up to the marathon also lasts longer than a build-up to a sprint. Lasting 26 miles would require endless amounts of training. You could maybe compare a marathon to a career job or a relationship. Learning about something way in advance is a journey from a newbie to an expert. Learn things about yourself. Learn how long you can run already and how you deal in particular situations. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, but in a not so cheesy way. Those times when you get up early and you work hard. Those times when you stay up late and you work hard. Those times when you don't feel like working, you're too tired, you don't want to push yourself, but you do it anyway. Um, That is actually the dream. 
That's the dream. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And if you guys, if you guys can understand that, then what you'll see happen is that you won't accomplish your dreams. Your dreams won't come true. Uh, something greater will. You've probably heard the story about the tortoise and the hare. If not, it tells a tale about a race between the tortoise and a hare. The hare challenges the tortoise to a race, knowing it is faster than the tortoise. The tortoise accepts the challenge and off they go. The hare blasts past the tortoise, leaving him well behind. The tortoise plodded along, trying his best. The hare, now well ahead, gets a little tired and decides to take a nap, thinking he has plenty of time. And I think you know, or you remember, where this is going. The tortoise wins the race because the hare is cocky. The reason I told the story is because it's a great example of our metaphor with a similar moral, slow and steady wins the race. Taking your time and not rushing all the same angles. I thought I'd mention it. It gives a little more depth to our metaphor. I still haven't even discussed where the phrase came from yet. I should probably get on with that. Usually a figure that begins or creates a metaphor is a historical figure from 100 or 200 years ago. You might be surprised to find that the person who claims to have founded It's a Marathon, Not a Sprint is in fact a celebrity who is still about or still around to this day. You might have heard of Philip C. McGraw. Dr. Phil, yes, that's him. Dr. Phil is a US TV personality, or you rather call him a TV show host with his own show. His doctorate is in clinical psychology. And it has been argued that the quote originated or resurfaced on his show. Having such knowledge as a clinical psychologist would have given him some credibility to suggest how we should take our time. It was then used later by another celebrity, a music artist. I really doubt I have to tell you about Drake, as he has probably spent months singing to you on your car's radio. Don't forget, you can listen to him on Colourful in your car too. He reused the phrase on his song Sacrifices back in 2017. Drake clearly has a different agenda. We should try and get him to listen to this podcast, shouldn't we? I think, metaphorically speaking, it would be great for songwriters. It'll give them inspiration, don't you think? Time for our guest, the amazing Juanita Rosinio, Managing Director of The Girl in Red Glasses. Juanita, having over 15 years of experience in the field, has managed to bring so many small brands right to the front doorstep of their target audience. Instead of me telling you all about her, why don't I let our guest do that instead? Juanita, thank you so much for being a guest on Metaphorically Speaking. And of course, your metaphor is a very popular one. But I also think it depends on your approach to life as to how you would see that metaphor. So how does the metaphor, it's a marathon, not a sprint, resonate for you? For me, it's it's been really important as someone who has spent the last 10 years or so basically uh, building a business it's something that I have to reach for very often because of the fact that it's it's quite easy to especially in the world that we live in where everything's very fast-paced everything's very social media focused um, everyone wants everything now and sometimes uh, from a well-being point of view and also when building a business you have to remember that actually you don't have to do everything in this particular moment and I also think that it's, for me, it's actually quite comforting, that phrase, in terms of it being a marathon, not a sprint. 
um, because I think sometimes we could be so quick to move on to um, move on to other things. We we kind of miss the value of actually enjoying your life, and that's something that as my business has grown and we've gotten busier, it's become a priority for me, not only for me, but it's something that I try and instill in my clients that actually, uh, as one of my clients says, what's meant for you won't pass you. And it's about, you know, just moving in a way that is intrinsic to you. There's there's no rush. We're always rushing to the next thing. It doesn't, it, life isn't, isn't about that. You have to enjoy the moments that you're in as well. So it's been a comfort, to be honest. Can you remember when you might have first heard the metaphor? Oh, gosh. I was was trying to think about it myself, and I I couldn't. And I just thought, you know, like most metaphors, sometimes you don't really know about them. You just do them. Yes. Or someone's trying to explain something to you, and then they'll actually say the metaphor. And then you're like, oh, I get it. I get what you mean now just by saying the metaphor. Yes. And it's exactly like that, Delia, because it's whilst I can't remember the exact time as you was as you were speaking, it was like I just remember that feeling of, again, that level of comfort, that kind of, oh, like you said, it just resonated and it really helped put things into perspective for me. So I think that's why I've held on to it. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's extremely popular. Like I hear it all the time everywhere. You know, like I said, it really has been a valuable anchor, you know. So, yeah, whoever whoever started the phrase, I thank them for the reassurance. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of metaphors, when they first began, it was conceived to be a negative thing as opposed to a positive thing. And only nowadays, there seems to be a twist to try and make them become more positive or to use them in a, in a way that it is more positive. So if we look at even some of the what goes around comes around for, is a good example. What goes around comes around when it first uh, came out. It was, in fact, it was one of the few, in fact, maybe that's not the best of examples, but it was one of the few that was started as something positive. And it was actually started by an African-American person. Then it turned into something quite negative. And then it was used again by someone who was incarcerated in the U.S. But uh, but it, it, it had a, a big, big journey. And then when we started to get into like our time, our millennium, I know, especially as women, we used to use that a lot. And when I say women, I mean my mother. I remember my mother saying, my grandmother saying it. And in those days, it was more to try and um, make you feel better. You know, sometimes it was like, so the negative was, well, if you don't do this, well, you know what? It's going to come right back at you. And, you know, but then it was used as a comforting way. You know, like, well, don't worry if that person's done you wrong. Their time will come. What goes around comes around. Do you see that kind of trail? Do you see where I'm coming from? I do. I I do remember it was like, you're absolutely right. It's not something that I thought about. But as you went through the trajectory of it, it it's like, yeah, actually, you know, what goes around comes around. It's like it felt it was more about karma. Like, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, But you're right. I think, you know, I. I think you're right in terms of framing and that's probably a reflection of this kind of era of people being a bit more into things like affirmations and you know you know 
that whole phase of the secret and all that kind of stuff, which is all about that kind of positive manifestation and stuff. So that's probably, I think, had an element of shifting um, yeah. and also a lot of talk around things like mindset and, you know, speaking positively about things. So that's probably what's influenced the change. But yes, I remember that. I, I definitely remember that feeling of what goes around comes around. It was never, never, never a positive thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's get back to it's a marathon, not a sprint. Now, when can we say to ourselves, well, you know what? This has been a really long marathon. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't see that I'm getting where I want to go. So yeah. I'm just not going to do it anymore. I mean, can you see that in that in that term? It's it's yeah. a marathon, not a sprint. I think obviously everything depends on the context, the immediate context, because I'm so immersed in my business. But the immediate context that I can think of is is in business. And I've run this is my second business in the kind of marketing and PR space. And I think, you know, trying to decipher when the marathon ends, it really is about your kind of personal feelings on it. I know it's it's a bit like when you're starting up, sometimes you are thinking about, is this the right business for me? Should I be, is this the right audience for me? Are these the people that I should be working with? But I'm a true believer in things like instinct. And I know it can be challenging because you see a lot of those illustrations where you've got someone with a pickaxe and they're picking away at this mountain. And if they just continued, there would be a whole load of riches behind that last last swipe. But again, I think the way that I would look at it is to again, to use that phrase, maybe that should have been my metaphor is mm-hmm. um, again, what is meant for you. I really do believe when things are supposed to happen for you, they just happen so organically. And I think if you're in this marathon and you are feeling nothing but pain, for example, I won't say exhaustion because I think that, you know, sometimes some factors of life are exhaustive. But I think if all you're feeling is, is pain and it's not speaking to what you want, that inner ethos, that fulfillment, then I think that's the part where it's like, actually, is this the race that I should I should continue to be in? Because passion is so important. Delia, you know, being, especially in those times when people slap you in the face, life slaps you in Mm -hmm. the face, having that passion and that resilience is so important, but it's also a very individual decision. And that's why I'm saying that it it just has to be, if your spirit is not aligned with what it is that you're doing and it's causing you more harm, more pain than it is joy, or you just can't see that light, then maybe it's just not the journey for you. Yeah. And, you know, as you were talking, I thought of a a way to kind of conclude it in terms of if we had to try and break it down. It's a marathon, not a sprint. At the end of every sprint, there is an end. There is a finish line, isn't it? There is. So maybe if we are part of the marathon and we keep going on and you're thinking, I'm never going to get to the end of it. Maybe the end could be when you say to yourself, well, I'm going to give this another six months. If I don't get to where I, I feel I should be at this time, that's where I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to end this marathon. Yeah. You know, as opposed yeah. to, well, you know what? I wanted to be at number 10 and now I'm number five. And you know, I'm just going to go to 10 now. I'm going to miss out the step six, seven, eight. I don't really need it anyway because I know it anyway, you know? Yeah. You don't yeah. Just 
get there. So, you know, yeah. it's really good when you kind of listen to other people as to how they break down a metaphor. Yeah. And I think a good thing about this one is it's so simple that I believe if I had to tell a five-year-old that, they would get it. Yes, they would. They would. You know, once yeah. they know the meaning of the word marathon. Yes, you know, and it's just the illustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 lovely. Yeah. You know, tell us about um, your company and, and it, you said earlier how this metaphor uh, assisted in your growth. So tell yeah. us about the company. So uh, TGRG, uh, which stands for the girl in the red glasses, which um, if people get to meet me, they'll see it's case in point. Um, oh, I was going to tell our listeners, you know, they are really missing out by not seeing. <laughs> Let me ask you a question before you go into your business. How many mm. pairs of red glasses do you have? I actually have, I think it's three, but then I also, um, I'm just a, I've been a glasses wearer since I was about six. So I've got mm. about nine pairs of glasses for this one face. Cause I really, really enjoyed them. But yeah. it's the sort of thing as well that even I saw a friend recently who I haven't seen for about three years uh, due to the pandemic and he didn't recognize me. And that's the thing. People don't recognize me now <laughs> without the glasses. These are groovy um, glasses. They're really lovely glasses. Yeah, lovely <laughs> so, sorry, I interrupted, but I just had yeah. to because you know I, I never I didn't want to miss the opportunity to tell our listeners how you look today with those fantastic large <laughs> red glasses. <laughs> but it's great mm. because I think that it's actually um, a testament to some of the work I do. So TGRG is a marketing PR and talent management agency. Um, we've been going since 2017. And, you know, we've worked with, you know, lots of commercial brands and, and, and produce, um, producing production companies. But where I think at the moment I get the most joy out, out of my work is the talent management space. So we work with people, I call them atypical people with visions, and we support them in realizing those visions. So whether they work in the social justice space, or maybe they might work in fashion psychology, or, you know, they might work in... Um, you know, things around well-being and menopause and burnout, maybe not your traditional talent management where you would expect actors, singers, um, that kind of thing, entertainment industry. But it's it's about people who are looking to do more in their community, in their space to make a difference um, for the, the wider audience. It doesn't necessarily have to be global. So yeah, that's what we do. We also do a lot of work in the literary space as well. So currently at the moment, we're working with uh, independent publishing house Jacaranda. It's their 10 year anniversary. So doing some work with them. So yeah, I I basically, I, I like to think of myself as a business partner for my clients. And I'm there to not only propel their careers forward, but also to be a champion for them. Because I think sometimes people need that person that's in their corner to to help them realize their dreams really and how did you come across the title of your business oh tgrg i actually remember it was a walk home i had taken a break from running a business and gone back to work as a contractor and realized actually i do much better when i'm self-employed and i remember walking home from my local station i was just thinking about what is it that people know me for and I'd worn red glasses for years. And it was just like, oh, my red glasses. And, you know, I just saw the vision of having the glasses on the wall and on branding and all that kind of stuff. So that's where it came from. And interestingly enough, it's something that I think it's got me work. When people put the two and two together, they think, oh, that's really clever. And also, um, ironically, I've got a sister who is an, uh, a politician in, in Austria. And I remember her calling me going, 
Juanita, can I use the red glasses thing? Because no one will not forget the, the black woman with the red glasses. <laughs> so I even um, did a little consulting work on her campaign where everything was around these red glasses and stuff. So they've really um, such a kind of, it's really, it's an inane object. There's nothing particularly special about them. But I think it it's, I'd like to think it's, it's a combination of just having that signature as well as people getting to know me. Um, that's really kind of helped me establish myself in the market. So, can you remember buying your first pair of red glasses? I I can't remember buying my first pair of red glasses. I can remember my first pair of glasses when I was about mm -hmm. six, and they were pink, very kind of like bottle top style glasses. Thankfully, they have now evolved in style, so I really enjoyed them. <laughs> but they have become a real part of my my identity. Yeah. What does the red signify for you now as part of your identity and business? I think, I mean, red has always been my favourite colour. And for me, it's a very defiant colour. It's a very passionate colour. It just, I was about to say it's very distinctive, but I suppose it depends on which colour you're looking at. But for me, it represents that vigour, that going against the grain, which is really important to me. I don't... I want to, I don't want to do things the way everyone else does them. And that's the thing as well that I really enjoy about my clients. And it's translated into my business because they are unique in what they're doing. You know, one of my clients, for example, was the first black woman to ever get a master's degree in fashion psychology. You know, some of my clients are, are all well prize winning authors. They are distinctive in their fields and that's something that's really important to me. And it's not about necessarily creating a persona that's inauthentic. It's about taking what you're already great at and amplifying that. Well, Juanita, thank you so much for sharing not only the metaphor with us, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint, but what it means to you and uh, how it has propelled your business to be what it is right now. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. It was great to chat with Juanita. It's always a pleasure to have guests on and hear their own perspectives and thoughts about our metaphors. And also meeting new people is an amazing experience. Having said that, let's look at some other perspectives and just explore this week's phrase a little more. So stay with me. Obviously, before writing down some things to talk about on our podcast, I did some research and there were loads of articles on people's experiences from running marathons and races. Some had really heartwarming and inspiring stories. Most of them were about marathons. The ones about running races didn't have any inspiring qualities or didn't have many, I should say. Mostly just the feelings and emotions of the runner in the race. Running a race or sprinting is such a different experience from running a marathon. Of course you know that. Running a race is often compared to a surge of adrenaline. You don't really take in anything tunnel vision for the finish line and I guess for the adrenaline junkies out there that's a good feeling. I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters, not the mortgage, not the store, not my team and all their For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free.
But I often associate the feeling of adrenaline with anxiety. And yes, I have heard that anxiety and excitement are the same, just with different emotions. Elevated heart rate, butterflies in your stomach, sweating, your body generally just preparing you for action. When this metaphor can be associated with anxiety, it could mean action or inaction. Anxious to start a task in case you fail, or anxious because you have started late, or because maybe you're not the best at something. Getting the ball rolling can be the best thing to do. Taking the risk when it feels like you shouldn't. Racing into something headfirst. No thoughts, just adrenaline or anxiety. And once you're neck deep and you feel yourself floating, you realize it's not all that bad, is it? Easy choices, hard life. Hard choices, easy life. The hard choices, what we most fear doing, asking, saying, these are very often exactly what we most need to do. You see people who do big things and you automatically say, that guy's so lucky, she's so lucky. You don't know that, you're assuming that. Going to work every day for 20 years and grinding your ass off and then becoming a multimillionaire, that's not luck. That's action and reaction. Quit using the word luck, quit believing in luck and start believing in work. Start believing in results that come from your actions. Stop telling your visions to other people because they're not going to see it. Why you think you keep imagining opening a business? Why you keep imagining graduating, getting a better job? Why do you keep imagining buying a house? Why do you keep imagining getting rich one day? Why do you keep imagining that? Because God is talking to you. He's showing you something that he has for you. It's okay to be unbalanced for a while. It's okay, don't be, all this stuff people say, you gotta be balanced. To be the best in the world, at what you do, you have to be unbalanced to find every bit of energy and strength that you have to pull it off. Then you get balanced once you become great. And it takes being obsessed to where people think you're crazy. Let's go. Let's go. You got money, but do you got that dog? Yeah, you got money, you got print, but do you got that dog? You have to lose your fear of failure. Failure is a part of the process. People who never fail, never try. You have to fail. You got to get it wrong to get it right. My point being, maybe that feeling you get from racing can lead you to starting your own metaphorical marathon. A career or going to the gym may be starting a new club. That anxiety will soon turn to excitement for the next time you take a dive. Much like running, once you get in the flow of excitement and overcome that anxiety, it can become so much easier and the benefits can be seen in your personal life. Mental health can be just as important as physical health and overcoming anxiety and finding strength 
can be just as inspiring as literally running a marathon. It can snowball into a journey that changes you and others for life in a positive way. When other people see that you were able to break through personal barriers, it can galvanize them to do the same. Through embracing our own journeys, we can empower others to overcome their fears and embark on their very own marathon. And though our anxiety can whisper to us that other people who successfully run their own marathon may have something that we don't, confidence, experience, and all that, these things can be a calming thought to remember. You can get there. Self-improvement can be a long and difficult journey. It is a daily challenge to be gentle and patient with yourself in the rat race that is the modern world. But when you feel that all hope is lost for you to become a better friend, parent, worker or a better person, remember, it's a marathon, not a sprint, and the finishing tape hasn't been broken yet. brings us to the end of our episode. I really hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. Thank you to our guest Juanita Rosenwar for giving us this wonderful opportunity to research a lovable metaphor. Don't forget, if you'd like to suggest a metaphor for an upcoming show, you can reach me at colorful.com slash shows slash Delia. You can also use the contact tab or email info at metaphoricallyspeaking.co.uk. We'd love you to share the show with your friends or leave a review on colorful.com or on our podcast, Metaphorically Speaking, which is on Apple, Spotify, and all major streaming platforms. Like I always say, we depend on you to help us grow so we can produce the best content for you to enjoy. Join us for another metaphor next week. I'm Delia Delore. Keep safe. Goodbye.